Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Right on. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we start, let me remind you that you can download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's, of course, Dave McKenzie. Hi, Dave. Have you seen that movie? What? Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's a bit like this. I know? feel like... But let's not complain. I feel like we're... In, it's like, it might as well be the same hotel. It might as well be the same stage. And, I, you know, you keep waking up each morning. You're like, hang on. It's the same thing's happening. It's true. It's true. But it's, I think we should complain. Good. It's, it's good. good yeah? I, I'm, I'm saying it in a good way. I don't want this to end. It's it's great. I mean, even even as we were at turn six last night off Alpe d'Huez <laughs> and there was a traffic jam as far as the eye could see down the valley. You're still loving it. I'm still loving it. <laughs> Maybe we've you've, you've got to be a slightly crazy, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you really do. Uh, check out our social media if you want to understand uh, what was going on yesterday in uh, the, 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 the descent from Alpe d'Huez. Anyway, we, got, we made it through, the riders made it through uh, in uh, stage 13 of the Tour de France uh, today Can on the way it? to Saint-Etienne. Uh, it's always a, a special piece, Saint-Etienne, if you are a, a lover of football. Um, but for cycling, it's always a, uh, a tricky finish in Saint-Etienne. It's hard to read uh, a stage to Saint-Etienne. It, it is hard to read and it was always that 50-50 sort of day. 50% it would be a sprint finish. 50% a breakaway would win. In the end, the breakaway got the, got the victory, didn't they? But it wasn't without its, um, without its little bit of drama throughout the stage. So, yeah, it was... Uh, a, but all in all, a hard day in the saddle. The heat is yeah, just relentless this year, isn't it? It was, uh, at my dashboard, 37 degrees today. It's been... So, so you and I both left Australia early before the tour. Yeah. You to catch up with family, me to just get get to some warmer weather it was a heat wave when i landed in spain it was actually a heat wave before both of us yeah. arrived in mm -hmm. europe they had a one week heat wave and now they're saying there's a heat wave over the over the next sort of course of the next week so this watch is, out yeah yeah this is extreme and this is really affecting some of the riders they, they might be surviving but i think what it's also proving is this race is got a lot more um twists and turns to come yeah, absolutely uh as far as the the, the stage concern uh Mats Patterson won the stage uh what a year Mats Patterson had on the back of being of course a world champion a few years back uh quality rider but again what a year for Mats Patterson. yeah he, he's class he really is he's like that next level you know he's in a he's in a group of you know he's a handful of riders that can win Flanders can win a world title you know challenges it at the monuments and, and you know wins a bunch of sprint on the odd occasion um and, and yeah he, he really is star quality you know he helped he helped let's not forget he was richie port's bodyguard yeah, to, yeah. when he got his third place at the tour de france a few years back so he 
no surprises really. When he was in that break, he was the one I was picking. And it was a quality break, by the way. Yeah, let's, Ghana, yeah. Kung, yeah. Let's talk about that break actually because what Mats Patterson did was very clever, very smart because he knew he had to offload the guys like Ghana or Kung mm. in order to have a, a, a much leaner sprint because... Uh, of course, Matt Spetton is probably faster than them in the sprint, but he didn't want them to put the afterburners and having to, uh, or being burned towards the finish. Yeah, and there's, uh, there's no rules either, by the way. I'll preface it with that. So when he attacked, he mm -hmm. attacked when Ghana was on the front, arguably the strongest of that group. Ghana was on the front and was grabbing food out of his pocket. So he's got one hand on the bars and Mads has gone whack. And you could see... Is that okay? Yeah, it is. Totally it is. It's, it's almost, well, it is. It's absolute respect for Ghana because Mads is like, well, you're the man I've got to beat. I've got to outsmart you amongst yeah. the other six guys. But, but the, but the slow-mo of that was interesting because Ghana had a wry smile. He's like, you cheeky bugger. I know what you're up to, but he never got back. And I think possibly, look, in the end, they weren't as strong as Mads. No mm -hmm. one in that group was. But they maybe under, underestimated the attack that he did. Um, and credit to the two guys, Hule, uh, Hugo Hulu and um, Fred Wright, who were able to follow him. Yeah, and then you're right. When you when we looked at the just the finish, Mats Pedersen finished you know, miles ahead in terms of sprint. Uh, he won that sprint outright. Uh, he was definitely stronger in that small group. Yeah, and they showed a little bit of... Look, I think Fred Wright did everything right. Yeah. <laughs> pun, pun. That, was a, that was a really B-grade yeah. pun, that. Yeah. But, <laughs> He did do everything right because he was following Mads and I thought that's the best position to be. I thought Hugo Hull, he almost threw the towel in with a kilometre to go. He was accepting that he was probably going yeah. to finish at, at, the, at the best second and at the worst third. So I, I thought Hugo Hull could have done a better job of that, or at least tried because he, he literally kept the pace high leading in to the sprint and then finished third. But yeah, it's easy to say sitting from the comfort of our yeah. <laughs> SBS truck yeah. and, and picking well, apart. Comfort is a big word, but that's yeah. a... <laughs> hey, come on, the camp chairs from Decathlon at 29 euros were pretty good value, I thought. <laughs> Don't tell every, every secret here. <laughs> um, if we look back at uh, further back at the, the peloton, so it wasn't a day for the GC. We we sort of knew that from the from the beginning. But um, for Australia, though, uh, back exchange. What happened? Because they, they, they went to the front at some point. They tried to chase, tried to catch that breakaway. Too late, maybe? Well, why don't we listen to Nick Schultz okay. and let him tell it? Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a really interesting one. And, uh, and I, I reckon Nick Schultz sort of sums it up. Yep. Okay, let's listen to Nick Schultz. Uh, Nick, the bike exchange team tried to chase, away, chase the breakaway late in the stage today. Do you reckon you guys could have gone a little bit earlier or do you think it was still worth the try? Oh, I think it's always worth a try, you know, hindsight's always a difficult one. Um, obviously that climb uh, where we started uh, where we started chasing, um, it, it could have gone two ways, you know, it could have also been drilled at the start of the stage, uh, at the start of the climb and uh, and then not been in our favour, so we kind of had to had to gamble a bit and see how the race evolved and uh, yeah, we tried and we had a go, but uh, it's not always successful. Um, you weren't involved in that chase. It was only two riders from Bike Exchange on the front. Is that because you're saving energy for getting in a breakaway for tomorrow? <laughs> I tried today, um, but uh, yeah, look, uh, the the guys that were rolling through for our team, I've got nothing when it comes to rolling through with them on the flat. Um, so I wouldn't have been been of much use. But 
I was suffering like everyone else in the bunch with the heat and with the pace. So I certainly wasn't saving any energy for tomorrow, that's for sure. So that was uh, Nick Schulz from uh, Bike Action, Jayco. Uh, Maka, what do you make of this? Look, I think he's right. It's a 50-50. And sometimes I'll, I'll sit back as an analyst and say, whether it's bike exchange or lotto, don't work. Sit back, you know, play the bluff game. Don't put your trump card out first and get on the front immediately. But some th- some and then other times do- I say you should chase early, yeah. yeah. So I think it was a 50-50 because at the end of the day, you and I, we drove in on the last 10 kilometres. For me, it was a Dylan Grunewagen sprint not a Michael Matthews sprint. Mm-hmm. Yes, the course leading into it with that little climb, that may have made things different if it was a bunch together and not a breakaway. So they waited. Bike Exchange waited. And you've got to roll the dice sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't pay off. And in the end, you know, they, they, they pulled the chute and, and stopped working when Michael Matthews, uh, Luke and Mezgetz went to the front for about a kilometre and that was it. And I think, I don't know, but I'm imagining they got the, the race radio from Matt White or Matty Heyman in the year saying, boys, call it off. Let's cool the jets and, and reboot for tomorrow. What was the role of Michael Matthews in all this? At the beginning of the day? No. Or towards the end? Towards the end. In, in, yeah, in, in this question. When you, when you mentioned this, them putting at the front and... Is he, is he, you know, is he the leader for, uh, or, or the leader for Grunewagen in that sort of position? I'm not saying the lead out, but the leader of that team, the road captain, when he stages like this? I don't know. It's a, it's a really good question. Probably if I go back further, what I think, and look, maybe they tried. You and I, we didn't see the start on TV. We were at the start. Yeah, we were And, at and the then start. we departed in our cars before the riders left. So to be, to, uh, to disclose everything, we actually didn't see the first hour of racing, mm-hmm. at least. And so, Bike Exchange may have tried this, but I would have liked to have seen a Bike Exchange rider in the break. And then it's sort of like, they've just got a little investment. You know, they've just got, they've just put a little investment just in case. Yeah. And that way then, they didn't have to chase at all. Um, because they did, Jack Bauer and co spent a, a, a bit of energy, you know, in that finale. So I probably would have liked to have seen a bike exchange rider in the break. They may have tried, so I could be um, saying something that they actually tried to mm. do, and it's not easy to get in there. But I think that that would have been, you know, you got today was a fifty-fifty. So I think for all the teams that that are the opportunist teams, and bike exchange is one of those here, even though they got Grunewagen. You try and throw a guy in the break on days like today. Yeah, yeah. Let's listen to uh, Michael Matthews. Michael, another tough day out there after two big days in the mountains. It doesn't seem like there's any easy days in the Tour de France. No, normally we've got some more uh, flat sprints uh, in the Tour. This year, I think, has there even been one yet? I mean, uh, in uh, Denmark, it was uh, two sprints, but they definitely weren't flat. So uh, yeah, every day has been raced almost like a one-day race. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of tired guys out here in the peloton today. It looked like there were some crosswinds out there. Was that a quite a nervous feeling in the bunch all day? Yeah, there was actually a time where it split like into a fair few different groups uh, just after the feed zone, um, which was quite scary, and then we went straight up a climb. Um, but, uh, yeah, no one was really too nervous that anyone was going to split it on purpose, but more just, yeah, the stress of the peloton and the Tour de France, like always. So there was a uh, bling, Michael Matthews uh, with uh, Gracie Elvin. Um, Michael Matthews said it before. You know, he's, he came twice a, a couple of times now in a, in this uh, in this Tour de France. What can he do to to win a stage this year? Is is winning a stage this year the ultimate goal for him, or going away with no stage under his name but a team has a couple of stages? Is that still a, a win for him? 
Or, or, or does he leave this sort of from disappointed? Mm, I think, I think, you know, to be brutally fair, and Michael might say otherwise publicly, but, mm-hmm. you know, let's strip it away. Uh, if Michael goes away without a stage win, and let's say Bike Exchange pick up another stage win, individually he'll be disappointed. Yeah. And he's got a right to be. Absolutely. Every rider here has individual goals. There are your riders like Jack Bauer, who is really a, a super domestique, you know, and, and on the really odd occasion, and he had actually had a few, he had a chance a few years ago, I think it was either into here or it might have been Nim, in fact, and he got caught 100 metres from the line. He was on a 200-kilometre breakaway. But for Jack Bauer, ultimately for him, he will, he will go away with a massive smile on his face if bike exchange win two stages three stages one stage you know and he'll go my tour was a success yeah because i was a huge part of that whereas michael matthews is a winner he's a winner in mm. his own right yes dylan gronovagan is the pure sprinter and michael will lead him out on the pure sprint stages but michael is here to win stages and the team expect that i suppose that's a fair i think thing to say uh or they they want it and they expect it uh, you know half but, and half. but do they do they settle with a couple of second places No, they want to win. They want to win. I think I know Whitey, Matt White, well enough. You know, he'd agree with that. You don't set, yeah, yeah, you accept it, but you want to win. You, you, you know, you want to win two and three stages. And when you're a team like Bike Exchange, who've had massive success yeah. with, you know, we can call it now. It feels nice, doesn't it? With our very own Simon Gerrans. Yeah. Part of the SBS team. <laughs> It's true. You know, we can say this. Simon, you know, I won't say carried that team because it is a team, but Simon won quite a lot of their biggest races mm-hmm. over the, it, in it through a period when Simon was at his best he was winning the biggest and he was effectively the world number one yeah just rider. check out his Wikipedia page yeah and that's easy, it is easy to it run is, them it's, out, so. it's incredibly impressive so no no they got they've got high 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 standards themselves and I think they desperately want another stage yeah you know and it'll keep matt white happy jerry ryan happy and you know all their other sponsors happy yeah 100 percent uh now Kelly Buen It could have been a day for him. It wasn't in the day, uh, in the end. A bit of a tough day for Caleb Bowen. He, he, he hit the deck again. Yeah. Uh, it's not being, it's not turning out to be a good tour for now. Uh, how does he rebound from this? How does he, how does he bounce Gee. back from this? Yeah. Mentally, I would say. Yeah. Maybe, let's hope physically he's okay. Uh, but how does he bounce back mentally? Yeah, I'll answer that. And I'll just to, to elaborate on what you just said. You're spot on. And it was that the minute he crashed, the, the, the stage changed. changed. They, they were in control. The peloton and Lotto were in control of that peloton at that point. It was about, at about two minutes or thereabouts. They were in control. Mm-hmm. And the other sprinters' teams and even the GC teams would have assisted because there's a stage went up for grabs at the end. So it's just bad luck. So now, you're right, how does he rebound? There's, I think we've sort of looked at the book. There's the Champs-Élysées, as we know, and there's, I think, one other sprint stage. It's not many, is it? Yeah, absolutely. That's four for the whole tour. And let's say today, if the sprint, if the sprinters had have really grabbed it by the scruff of the neck, five sprint stages for the sprinters. It's not many. This is possibly the least we've seen. It, it, and I'm extrapolating here. Then, therefore, if there has been only four to five sprint stages, is that the reason why Kevin Dish is not here? Is this one of the reasons why Lefebvre just went... You know what? What's the point? Because this, this, it's not a tour for the sprinters, for the pure sprinters. And he went a different way. Oh, I'm just well, he still brought Jakobsen. Yeah. So that cancels out. My question. No, no it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it's a really good point. 
but question and, and sort of statement, I guess, more so what you say, did Lefebvre leave Cav home because he looked at him, but he brought Jakobsen, but he was only ever going to bring one sprinter. Uh-huh. I think it goes back to originally that discussion, what we talked about, um, that, that it was always one sprinter and Lefebvre was, was going with Jakobsen. Jakobsen delivered early yeah. and he may deliver again. But on, on Caleb right now, I, I hope, and this is what I believe he needs, he needs his team to rally around him. He needs his, his really close confidants, <laughs> you know, his manager, Jason Backer, who, yep. who we love. And we, he's been on our pod a couple of times, and Jason will, I'm sure. They need to rally around him. He needs to keep his chin up. He's, he's going to suffer through the Pyrenees. Yeah, because the, ne- the, next few, the next chances for him are somewhat quite far away. Yeah. So he, he has got to be prepared to suffer. And if he doesn't deliver on that next sprint stage, I can't tell you exactly where it is, but we know it's coming up in the next five days, I think. Yeah. Because if Caleb wins on the Champs-Élysées, nothing else matters. Yeah. That, that is the world championship for sprinters, the Champs-Élysées. So Caleb's got to get his butt. He's got to get his butt through the Pyrenees, through the individual time trial, and he can win on the Champs-Élysées. But how do you regroup mentally, though? Oh, it's, it's tough. tough Look, it's a tough he's, and Caleb's tough. Yeah, absolutely, he's one of the toughest. You know, they all are. All these guys at the top level, they're all tough mentally, physically. So everything I'm saying, he knows this. He's a, he doesn't need to hear it, but, I, but it still helps. But sometimes you need to hear it again. You do. You need to hear it. And it's not about, it's not about your teammates or your directors or your swannies wiping your backside for you. Yeah. You know, it, I, I don't think. Some writers need that. But I, I think personally, it's more about today coming in and a guy like Phil Gilbert on the bus, getting on the bus, and whether he's in the bus before Caleb or when, if Caleb gets on the bus after him, well, he probably possibly did because he, he, in the end he sat up. Yeah. Phil goes straight to him as a 40-year-old legend and says to him, mate, don't worry. We got your back. Reboot. You are going to win here and we're going to help you do it. And that's what he's got. And if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Phil's not an idiot mm. for saying it. But, but instill that, give him that confidence. Give him that, you know, because Caleb's going to get on the bus and be like, yeah, I don't know, am I, I'm not allowed to swear on the pod, am I? Yeah. No, you're not. I won't. <laughs> okay, I won't. But, he, you know, he's going to be peeved off. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's going to be disappointed, frustrated, angry, all those little things. And he needs someone like Phil Gilbert to go, mate, don't worry about it. We're going to reboot. For today's, you're allowed to be angry. Go to your hotel room, be peeved off, and tomorrow we'll reboot. And mate, we are going to back you in because you're the fastest guy here. Uh, now I understand why you are our road captain on the on this podcast on, <gasps> on this team. You are the road captain. I think oh, everyone. Oh, it's got me. It's got me. No, but you <laughs> know, revved up. Like, <laughs> but isn't it true? It's it's the same in. We, we had the discussion with our legend editor, yeah. Mark Fallahay, and we, we were debriefing just as a group, casually after the stage, and I said to Mark. It's like a working environment. If you have a bad day at work, the last thing you need is your, your, your work colleagues to be down on you. Yeah. Even if you've made an error, even if it's your fault, you need your work colleagues to pick you up, lift you up, and say, don't worry about it. Yeah. The, and the, the Maka, sun's going to come up people, tomorrow. People don't know this, but you're a legend. You always do this. Am I? <laughs> you are. Really? You are. You I don't are. know that. I, I, that's it. I said it publicly. That's it. <laughs> it's written. That's it. Oh, my God. It's on the pod. Oh, people. Let's rejoice, shall yeah. we? <laughs> okay. Let's listen to Caleb everyone. Caleb, you look—you were looking so good out there. The team was doing a great job, and then bad luck. There was a crash on a corner. Can you talk us through that? 
Um, yeah, I felt I felt really good actually. Um, and yeah, that's why we committed two guys to try to control that breakaway, and they're doing a really good job. The break never got not like not never got too far ahead. Um, and then yeah, I don't know what happened in the corner. They just I don't know. They just slammed on in the middle of the corner, and then I uh, yeah had nowhere to go but into the back of the guy in front of me. You look pretty sore when you got up off the ground. Is there anything in particular that's hurting you and through the race? Um, no, once you stay like pretty warm, everything feels all right. But I think once I cool down a bit, I'll start to feel where I have pain. But my knee's pretty sore. My shoulder's pretty sore. I broke my collarbone last year, so um, hopefully it's all right. It was a really tough chase back on through the cars. Was that also a factor in just, you know, all that extra energy expended to, to get back into the race? Yeah, you know, I think once I went down, I just yeah, didn't feel as good anymore. And um, I only got, I, I did a, like a big chase to get back on. And then at the start of the climb, I think they, they were going quite hard. So, um, yeah, I just had nothing left really. Well, I hope you can recover quickly so we can cheer for you once again. Thank you. What's so few sprint stages on the board is this... Imagine this hurts even more. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Even though did it did it end in the sprint or? Mass got the stage win from the break. So. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah, I think you know it's stage 13 now. I've only had two sprints, so it's yeah, not not great, not a great tool for the sprinters. But uh, yeah, we saw today as an opportunity. Um, yeah, we tried to take it, but uh, yeah, I had bad luck again. And as you said, you've had your share of falls. And- in, in the years, how does this stack up? I mean, will you be able to recover from this? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely don't think anything's broken. But um, yeah, you never really know until you cool down, and probably the next morning to see yeah where all your your niggles are. But um, for now, I feel alright. So uh, yeah, we'll see. So that was Caleb Ewan. Uh, all in all, quite a good stage, uh, interesting stage because we didn't know the outcome uh, from the start. Uh, and, and, you know, wh- what else can we draw back from this stage? There's not that much more, but there's a few things. Yeah, look, I think you, you as fans at home listening to this and watching the race and, you know, engrossed in it and saying, oh, not much, maybe, you know, was that, there was a quasi day off for the GC guys. These are nervous days. Yeah. There was crosswind today. There was crashes. And, and again, 37 degrees. Yeah. It's, it's never got, easy. <laughs> it's got all the elements of the biggest and toughest race in the world. You know, ultimately it is. Yeah. The media scrutiny, the, all the elements that you just said. So for the GC guys, this was not an easy day. This yeah. was a hard day. And then tomorrow they go to battle because tomorrow is an opportunist day. But it, I would say it's times three of today. Yeah. Today the opportunists won. Tomorrow is opportunist times three. So I'm... I am putting it out there now. Breakaway wins the day tomorrow, 100%. Uh, we are going to Mende. Uh, Mende, we've been there before, and uh, it's a bit of Tour de France of the runway, another runway. Yeah. Have we ever had two runways in a Tour de France? I don't, I don't know. know. That's a stat for, uh, for Matthew Kinnon. Again, well, you know, one other runway we did have, and one Antonio Fletcher, who, who I'm not sure if he's actually on the tour this uh-huh. year, he was a former pro, Spanish guy, great guy. He won on Toulouse runway. Toulouse runway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, and that was a proper, I mean. That's you know, a proper Airbus that was, runway. You'd, you'd, you'd land an A380 on that poppy. Yeah. He, he won there. So, yeah, so um, Mont is not one for the big uh, the big jets. They no, for, it's uh, and, what a Cessna, Cessna 15 yeah. seaters. <laughs> but it's it's an interesting stage actually always in Mont because we've been there before, as, mm. as we said. Uh, what can happen? It's, it's a bit lumpy. Uh, 
especially at the end it's a big climb at the end yeah it's it's it's, it's not an easy day it's definitely as you mentioned earlier something for the opportunist yeah it's five categorized climbs i think that the worst is or the hardest is a category two 192 kilometers yeah. I, I i'm not even i've given up looking at the forecast it's going to be hot let's just it's say that yep. and that last climb that you mentioned it can't, uh, over the at the top it's like two three kilometers to go the descent is actually a little bit tricky and then you literally sort of do huge left hand sweeper onto the runway slight drag uphill but that climb is three kilometers averaging 10 percent whoa okay. so averaging 10 percent pogachar is mad if he doesn't try and attack he's crazy if he doesn't try and attack tomorrow okay. um so expect fireworks from the gc guys and there'll be a breakaway that'll win the day. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Who will win it? I don't know. You know, uh, this one is the hardest one to pick if you want to, uh, you know, in any tipping competition. Well, our jack of all trades, uh, Roberto, uh, picked a good one. Who's today. part of the team? He's on his first tour to France. He's loving it and he's doing an amazing job. He picked the winner today, yeah. Mads Pedersen. So he gets zero points if you just to, you know, just just. Indulge us a little bit. Our tipping comp, which we've talked about, it works like golf. Lower score wins. If if you get the highest place rider on the day, you get one point. If you get the highest place rider plus that rider wins the stage, you get zero. Yeah. So Roberto won the stage. Clap, clap. Well done, mate. Yeah, it's his yeah. second stage win, actually, of the, of the tipping know, comp. It's scary. It's scary. Anyway, but a hard yeah. one to pick tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, if I, if I was to ask you, names, because oh, we need names on this. Gee. Uh, G, okay, guarantee us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pick him, pick him. No. <laughs> oh, mate, you are funny. You are so funny. Um, I'm reactive. That's different. <laughs> I don't know. I, look, no. you know what? I, let, let me think of teams. Tomorrow is a day where the teams like Israel start up. So, so they're the non-GC team that are delivering the best. And don't we love to talk about it with Simon Clark's victory, Chris Froome, on Alpeuez yeah. third place, they will have someone in the move. They had someone today. They will have someone in the move tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. I'm convinced of that. So really, one of us should be picking someone in in Israel, B and B, Akea, Total Energies. Yeah, definitely Total Energies. Yeah. Not Peter Sagan. No. He's out of sorts, and he's he's he suffered today. He got dropped. He's struggling. I feel like he's actually not well. I feel like he's no. he's a little bit sick or something's yeah. not quite right. Well, the poor guy has got four times COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't know what it does to you, but he's got four times. Yeah, he's it's got true. Four times. It's true. Yeah, so, yeah. Well. But yeah, I think it's those sort of teams. They might, they won't necessarily win the stage. Probably see someone like Trek Segafredo put mm. another guy in the break. Probably not Mads Pedersen. He won't be allowed to move tomorrow. But guys like teams like that, I yeah. think, okay. and, and the strongest rider from that team that's in the break will win the day. Yeah, probably. Okay, I'll let you off for this one then. Thank you, Maka. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, same place, same time tomorrow. It's bye for now. Now that we're finished talking about cycling, for today at least, let's do a little riding ourselves because the fun never stops on Zwift. Training solo at home gets old real quick, but with Zwift group rides, events and races, you'll have plenty of people to ride and chat with to keep you motivated. Plus, it's got great built-in training programs tailored for every ability. There are even workouts that can be squeezed into 20 minutes if you're really stuck for time. 
On Zwift, traffic lights, stop signs, busy roads, bad weather, they all disappear. And each interval has the watt and rest periods dialed in for the perfect training conditions. To start riding and discover how Zwift makes indoor training fun, head to Zwift.com for a free seven day trial. Thanks for watching or listening while you're riding on Zwift. Ride on.